Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I am joined this week by Don Pizzette. Don, how you doing? I am doing great. You know, we got a fun week ahead of us. A lot of times we have a ton of security articles, but this week... I think we have a little bit of security, but mostly more uh, general tech stuff. A lot of exciting things going on right now. And building up for the Apple event, which is actually happening right as this uh, this podcast is being released. So we'll cover Apple next week. So this what? week's more general tech. Oh, that's what Daniel's been paying attention to on his phone. This oh, he whole time. loves, yeah, loves yeah. the Apple technology. Daniel, how are you? That's none of your damn business, Peter, and I'll thank you for staying out of my personal affairs. I'm going to ask every week because it's a nice thing to do. <laughs> you ever notice how, like, British people, instead of saying, how are you, they say, are you okay? Do they really? Yeah, which was weird to me because if you said that to someone here, yeah. you're like, what do I look? Do I look sick? Yeah, do, like, I, do I look like I've been abused? Or Is there something on me? Is yeah. <laughs> like, are you all right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I am. I'm just fine. Thank you. All right. Well, just let's get started. Yeah. Just, just a little backed up. Yeah. Uh, let's get started this week with our first article from TechCrunch.com. Royal Caribbean will equip all of its cruise ships with Starlink Internet, and it will be a uh, fee to your room of only $1,000 a day, <laughs> I am sure, uh, to use it. I'm sorry, but am I the only person that goes on a cruise to get away from the Internet? Uh, maybe, maybe you know. Apparently, the internet has become a key piece of our our lifestyle, right? A lot of people are are, are growing up now having the internet always available to them. So it, it can be tough for some people to separate, you know, to, to split away from that, not be able to reach out, you know, via whatever communication methods they use. Now, I want to preface what I'm about to say with the fact that I've never been on a cruise. Really, and I'll tell you a little little uh, side fact about Don Pazette. I don't know how to swim. And really, I never learned how to swim. I actually oh, knew that. This is next week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, next week, Don drowned yeah. in a freak accident. Why, why are there little swimming pools all around Don's office? <laughs> <laughs> the neighborhood step ladders. They're going on location. So wow. that, that's one reason why I've never bothered going on a cruise. And then the, the second reason is I would never want to be trapped on a boat with my friends and family for any extended mm. period of time. Like That's just not something I want to do. I, I will say the point is to stay on the boat. Um, and not fall in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been on many cruises and I've never uh, ended up in, in the water accidentally. So yeah. you, You're a you could avoid that. Well, you but. meet the right guy yeah. and it'll yeah. happen. But, so, but Starlink. Yeah. So having, Starlink. having not been on a cruise, yeah. when I read this article, I thought it was a great idea. Hmm. I thought, wow, you know, Starlink is, is perfect for this. They've got their satellites, they're all over yeah. the place. You throw a dish on top of the boat and, and off you go. The pricing is apparently exorbitant for this, um, uh, just as far as Starlink's own charges. If you want a mobile commercial connection, they charge $5,000 a month, which wow. is pretty outrageous. But for the whole like boat, per boat, though? Per boat. Uh, per boat, yeah. yeah. Per, yeah. I, I don't make that back in I the day. I believe it's per dish. They might have more than one dish. Well, that's the crazy thing. In, in this article, there's a there's an image down here with one, two, three, four, six dishes in just this one little shot. I'm like, is that, are these all around the boat like that? So I thought, hey, that's an outrageous cost, but having never been on a cruise, I didn't realize apparently internet access on a cruise is outrageously expensive. You go back to like dial-up days of paying by the minute. Where you're like, how long have I been on? Because, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I have 15 minutes. And, you know, if I don't, then they charge me X numbers. I mean, I mean that's the last time I used internet on a cruise, which is a while ago. Cause uh, I think I did that once and realized, like, I just spent $150 on, on internet. Now, so. was, was internet available 
all the time on the cruise or only when you were near shore? Uh, so, I mean, you can use it on your your phone or, or whenever you're you're near shore, but um, but there was a an internet cafe. This okay. is, you know, back when I did that last. So there may be Wi-Fi on boats now. I'm not sure. But like, if, if but you this were in the go to middle a, of the ocean, yeah, you could still use it. It, it was satellite, but it was slow. So that that was the interesting thing I saw in the article somewhere in here where they mention it. Uh, Starlink will not work in the middle of the ocean. They they don't hmm. have satellites positioned over the middle of the ocean. They're positioned over human settlement areas. Well, I guess maybe they're waiting on a contract like this. I they, guess. Yeah, about to say, what are they buying? Give me some Starlink for that maritime goodness. Well, I think like, a lot of these cruises are work out there, but I'll take your money. Think about like an Alaskan <laughs> cruise. You're just going on the yeah. the inland passage, or, or, a Mediterranean or if cruise. you're in the if you're in the Caribbean, gotcha. maybe maybe that's covered because you're not. There's not a lot of like transatlantic cruises because they were saying yeah. it's not something that could be used for uh, you know cargo ships to, yeah. that are going across the you ocean. Know, it, but I mean, I've been out to sea pretty good, and it was like like I went from um, like Cozumel. I went to Cozumel and then mm-hmm. went to Grand Cayman, and it was like two days at sea to get to Cozumel. Yeah, there wasn't nothing around you. I, did you have internet? So uh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't ask because I knew it was like stupid expensive. Uh, plus, really not worth yeah, it. He so. was on vacation. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I don't know, but I think yeah. If they, I mean, obviously they can look at this and say, you know, eighty percent of your routes are here. Let's mm, let's yeah. put them here. Uh, I think that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> have you seen the movie Wally? Yeah. yeah. Remember when the the ship takes off and it has to break through all the satellites mm-hmm. in orbit, oh, yeah. like the layer the of junk? junk. Yeah. So when when we have Starlink satellites covering the entire, you know, when the formation covers the entire planet, then you'll have like peak Starlink performance. Sure. I wonder if we're like, because I know like satellites will be decommissioned and then they'll kind of like let them break up in orbit and yeah. basically disintegrate. Yeah. Uh, are we doing that at a rate that's that's useful where we're not just accumulating a bunch of satellites I know in the, the sky. The Starlink ones are low orbit. Yeah. And so they're deteriorating already. Some yeah. of the, the ones in the first batch are already coming down. Oh. They have to keep launching. And that ones. term scares gotcha. me, like low Earth orbit. I'm like, is it right there? Yeah. You can see them at night when they cross the sky. I've never and seen stuff. it yet, yeah. but I've heard, yeah. I, I want to wait till I start seeing shadows. Like, <laughs> yeah. How, how low are they? Whoa, things? everybody get down. Here comes a Starlink satellite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, for, for Don's first cruise after uh, next week's uh, swimming lesson, we will. <laughs> Uh, we will have internet if well I think they said by quarter one 2023 is when Royal Caribbean which owns Celebrity and Silver Seas um, so you'll you'll see this uh, aboard some some other uh, fleets as well but and I'm sure they won't be the last to to pick up on this uh, super inexpensive service from philanthropist Elon Musk all right uh, let's move on to our next article uh, also about the ocean uh, theme this week from the register.com underwater data center will open for business this year. And so we talked about, um, I think last year talked about the Microsoft mm-hmm. e- examples that they were kind of testing out this stuff for, um, some, uh, some data centers, uh, over, I want to say up in the like Northern Europe area, I think like Norway or somewhere. Yeah. And, in, in, uh, Sweden. the Northern coast of the UK, yeah. there are a few places like that. Yeah. Really th- cold water. But this is its own, its own company doing it in the U S now, uh, with, uh, plans to do this in, was it Washington state? I think. Uh, so there was one off of Washington state, one in the Gulf of Mexico okay. and another in the North sea. So back over oh, in Europe. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So w- what's the difference then? Is this, this is not like a cloud service this is uh like dedicated machines that i'm basically um yeah so or? it kind of it would fall under both uh categories so basically what they're doing is this is a a private 
commercial organization. And, okay. you know, we talked about Microsoft's offering, but the reality is if you wanted to use Microsoft's data center, you can't. Right. You're not allowed. So Microsoft has that limited to just the partners that are working with specifically on that. Uh, it's not available to the general general public. Uh, but with Subsea, it is available to the general public. You could license or, you know, rent a server or deploy your own server. I don't think actually I think they're not letting you deploy your own server. You have to buy one of theirs. Okay. But basically they've built a container. That is roughly the size of a shipping container, but it's not it's not just a square shipping container. It's like a, I don't know, octagonal weird thing. Hmm. Uh, but it's about the size of a shipping container. It can hold 18 racks, and they say they can max that out at about 800 servers in one of these containers. They call it a pod. Uh, the pod itself is actually really cool because it doesn't... I, I, I thought uh, in Microsoft's case, I thought they were like putting a, a different gas in there. It wasn't air. It was something else that was a oh, gas. Okay. Uh, but in this one, they're actually filling it up with a dielectric coolant. I so. thought that was that was the coolest part of this. I did a little more research on that afterwards. I'm like, I didn't realize that there were those things existed. So it's a liquid that basically the, the servers can sit in, but it doesn't Transmit electricity. Right, yeah. It's you, like the abyss for servers. That's exactly yeah. what I thought of, the liquid oxygen yeah. and stuff. Your lungs will remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you breathe liquid for nine months, your lungs will remember. Yep. That little mouse. Thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, movie. Uh, so, <laughs> so, Water uh, aliens. So basically, what I, what I thought was interesting, though, so you know, this is technology we've heard about that we know is coming. Uh, I was surprised at how shallow they're going with it. It's only mm-hmm. 900 feet down. Seven inches. Um, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. One of them was 900 feet. The other one was even more shallow so that you could actually see it from the surface. And so, the, Well, they said that was more of like their, their showpiece one to, to show clients. Oh, and, was that the things. intention? Yeah. Um, uh, I'll find I didn't that, catch that, that part. Spot. Uh, but that's, that's the one in Washington, I think. Uh, they said... Um, well, they were saying how quickly they can get them up if, if someone needs to physically access the servers uh, and things. But they said, yeah, Jules Verne, which is the one out in uh, Washington, will likely not be used by many customers as Subsea expects to use it mostly to demonstrate compliance to organizations and advocates that will be inspecting the pod and site. So uh, that could disrupt client operations. Now, you mentioned repairing a unit. If they need to repair or replace a unit, they have to bring the entire pod up. So that's if, better than bringing someone down, I guess. Well, if there's 800 servers in that pod and you have two servers, well, does bringing right? it up mean it has to come offline? I, I don't know. Uh, if it's, it's probably already offline at that point, something's so, wrong, right? I, well, if something's just wrong with your server, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So with Microsoft, what their plan was, was they, they just planned for a certain failure rate. Okay. And so we'll just leave the dead servers in there. And I, th- I think it was something like 18% mm. that 18% of the nodes could fail and, you know, they would just fail over to other systems. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if these guys, I have to imagine they're doing the same thing because bringing up a pod like this, that's a pretty big deal. And yeah. the chance of you accidentally unplugging it you know, while mm. it's being brought up seems pretty high. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but it's interesting. So going back to the cruise ships, would it be <laughs> cheaper to just run a cable from one of these? <laughs> if the ship just stayed in one place, yes. I mean, you could have it kind of t- tether out. Get one of those little stretchy cables, <laughs> like the garden hose thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it expands. The pocket as, hose as it fills with internet. <laughs> yeah. it uh, it expands, and then when you uh, empty the internet out, it, it if, shrinks. If you are just listening to this episode, yeah, you are really missing good. out on Peter's hand gestures, yeah. which really I think just sum up that article. Mm. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to you just take that and you get, you can put different close captioning with yeah with my hand motions. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, anyhow, underwater data centers coming to an ocean near you. It's real now. Yeah, because Microsoft was just like showing off the technology, right? It wasn't right. in production. So this is this is in production now, no. and it's happening. We'll have to see if two years from now whether or not Subsea is still in business. <laughs> That's a whole different story. Yeah, they're, they're, your data is just down there. Yeah. Yeah, we're out of money. We can't even bring this that thing up. Broke yeah. If you want your data, you can. Here's a snorkel. Yeah. And careful because there's a bunch of liquid Beats in their there, previous too. idea, which was to stick it in alleys behind bars and people would just drunk and get out there and pee on them. Mm-hmm. That didn't work as good <laughs> oh, as they had hoped. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know some neighborhoods where you could That's, put those and put them yeah. Renewable energy right yeah, there. Yeah, right cool. there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know what else is cold is space. I wonder if they thought about putting That's servers up. Yeah, they, they don't have a cable long enough. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. They're working on it. The, the boats that's there, they're going to start and see if they can get yeah. boat length. That low earth orbit, yeah. you think they'd be able to drop the <laughs> cable down. All right. Uh, our next article is from windowscentral.com, uh, and there's an update on this one. The fix is live. Uh, but Windows Defender is reporting a false positive threat, uh, behavior, colon, win32 slash hive.zy, and it is nothing to be worried about. So basically, <laughs> people were seeing something pop up saying you have a, uh, it's like a persistent long-term threat or something, but it's or a recurring threat, but it's nothing. Yeah, you know, false positives happen. Any antivirus software out there can do it. And tell you know, my you, doctor. Yeah. One day, <laughs> one day you go and you you download an application that you know is safe and trustworthy, and you get a, a false positive, a red flag. Normally, we take that and just like upload it to Virus Total, or you know, send the hash up to Virus Total and see if if other people are flagging it. So you can you can spot them pretty easily. The reason this one's significant, the reason I wanted to talk about it today, is what was generating the false positive because this wasn't tied to a single application. It was. Any Chromium-based web browser or any Electron-based app, which tons of applications are Electron-based these days. And so this was like a massive false positive, which means this isn't like 100 people saw this notice. This is tens of thousands of people woke up yesterday and had a... You have an infection, you know, (laughs) win32 slash hive.zy is on your system, panic uh, and it, it took about six hours for the Windows Defender team to to correct that and get it pushed out, which is a pretty short turnaround time. But more and more people rely on Windows Defender as their antivirus and don't yeah. use third-party products. And so this is a pretty big one. Now, when I started researching this, I hadn't heard of Hive.zy, so I started searching. First off, it was a nightmare to search on it because everything was you know, current. I yeah, had yeah. to do like a fancy Google filter to block new stuff, uh, which – led me to discover that this happened back in April as well. So this is the second time it's happened. You'd, you'd think that they would be a little more Fool cautious. once, yeah. 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 And Microsoft Edge is technically Chromium-based. Yeah, I was going to say their own browser is going to be throwing false positives. So it's it's a weird one, but if you're a IT administrator and you manage centralized antivirus for your organization, you're probably going to see some of these Hive.zy infections pop up. Don't ignore them because... Sure, maybe some are false positives, but you you could actually have this infection out there, so you don't want to be complacent. Uh, but do be aware of it that it is a, a a widespread problem. That's a great point. It's a good time to be a a hive.zy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it is installer. I you don't just know. Uh, yeah. get lost in the sea yeah. of no, no, no. Hive.zy. Yeah. Be running Chrome. It, yeah, it's probably yeah, that. Ah, it's no big deal. Just hit install. Yeah, you're good. Run as administrator. That's right. You want yeah. to do that, Daniel? I wanted to ask you. You know, 
Electron yeah. is basically like a self-contained Node.js system. Okay. And a lot of people complain about it because you can have outdated libraries inside of it and your operating system doesn't know about it. Uh, so it's almost like a second OS running on top of, of your your underlying one. Uh, have you done any Node.js hacking or, or messed around with that ecosystem? No. Um, you know, all the job. I mean, that's JavaScript, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I've fiddled around with some JavaScript stuff before, but not like extensively. You know, a lot of uh, websites will use JavaScript for their dynamic content. And sometimes if you can get in the middle of that kind of thing or upload your own JavaScript, like, you know, Metasploit can um, generate some JavaScript payloads. Eh, that, that can come in handy. But no, I haven't really gotten into javascript itself because it's so web-based and i'm not like a web developer it's kind of like you have to get really heavy into web dev yeah. to really want to like metal mess with that stuff well i know it's popular right now like um microsoft's visual studio code vs code yeah which i don't uh, use so it <laughs> it was I, I imagine it still is it was electron based oh yeah and so you know ran in that environment and uh remember java back in the day mm -hmm. where it was you'd write the in theory, you write the code once and it runs everywhere because yeah. they had that Java runtime environment. Well, that's how Node.js is supposed to be, is that Node is the engine that'll run anywhere, and then you write your JavaScript application, and now it'll run on a Mac, on Windows, gotcha. on Linux, right? It'll run everywhere. Uh, the guys over at Black Hills InfoSec did a thing a few years ago where they were talking about how big of a problem it was because you could have 10 Electron apps installed with 10 different versions of Node.js running. And when you would upgrade from one version to another, sometimes it would leave the previous versions behind, and an attacker could actually figure out like whether you had old Node.js environments and attack them. Nice. So your underlying OS could be secure, but right. this virtual OS on top, they'd be able to break into and wreak all nice. sorts of havoc. So it's a it's a bit of a nightmare, and I'm sure that's what the Windows Defender team is thinking today. Like, why can't people write native applications anymore? Because where's the fun in that? <laughs> Yeah. So it does show, though, that like you have a lot of complex things going on in your devices today and some of it you don't even know about. Most people who run Electron apps have no idea about what's going on on the back end. Well, I mean, that's always been like the struggle for security administrators, right, is trying to find everything that's running in their environments and then support that security-wise, right? Finding updates and patches that go along with them, making sure that they create an update and patch cycle that is works for them and make sure that their devices don't go down. They lose productivity. And that can be a bit of a nightmare. And that's why we saw like third-party apps like Dell Case and uh, whatnot try to come out and say, here's where here's one stop where you can just have all your your updating capabilities, but it still is a big fat dumpster fire just because there's so many things that you might not even be thinking about to yeah. add to those things to make sure that they are getting their updates and security patches. So I'm, I'm Googling really fast for a list of like popular uh, Electron apps. apps. And so this this is like literally seconds of research that I've done here. So, <laughs> you know, this may not. You're uh, a qualified expert. Right. Don is a qualified um, expert here. <laughs> but Microsoft Teams. I've heard of that. Uh, Zoom. I can't, can't say I've seen that one. Signal. Oh, uh, <laughs> Streamlabs, which is, you know, for uh, the Twitch kids. Yeah. The Slack desktop client. Oh, that's important. Uh, WordPress for desktop. I didn't. I don't, I mean, I know WordPress, but yeah, yeah. WordPress for desktop, I don't know. Uh, the Skype client, a lot of Microsoft in here. Uh, Pexels desktop, I don't know what that is. Uh, Discord, the Discord client, the WhatsApp desktop. So a lot of communication chat stuff. Yeah. On that. yeah. So, you know, if these are things that we're all getting false positives, like you try to run that 
and it and it gets blocked. Uh, I got a couple others here. WebTorrent has a desktop app. Uh, Ghost. That's another blogging. So platform. the question then becomes like, okay, if you have this thing, if, if Node.js is running on all this stuff and basically giving you the capability to write one app that runs on these multi different platforms, why is that? Why people because of the convenience of not having to write multiple different architectures and environments. And I think a lot of these, like they'll develop a web based version of their app. Right. So you know, take Discord as an yeah. example. So you can go to I think it's discordapp.com Discord. yeah, okay. or whatever it is. Right. So you can go to their web page. You can log in and there's your whole Discord environment. Right. And then they want to write a native desktop app, but they don't want to write it from scratch. So they uh-huh. do Electron and embed their web app and pound. Gosh, now they're going to desktop yeah. app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's convenience. Yeah. Yeah, basically. That, it's same. that seems to never bite anybody in the ass Ever. when it comes to security. Yeah, totally safe. We should keep doing it. <laughs> Speaking of uh, antivirus, have you seen the uh, McAfee uh, documentary on Netflix? Wes was talking about it today. And yeah, he was I like, haven't watched it yet. Is this the one that came out a couple of years ago? I, I, I have no idea. Because I, I saw one that came out a couple of years ago. Something about disturbing. the devil, the I mean, devil, something or other. It's a lot, of, a lot of interview you know, footage and stuff with him. I, okay. I'm not sure. There may be a new one. I, I can't imagine it's more bizarre than what I saw. Like, <laughs> yeah, but maybe I mean, it is. He was a crazy dude. I mean, we know he faked his death, so he could yeah. still be doing interviews now. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. All right. Well, speaking of uh, built-in uh, antivirus and anti-malware, uh, this next article is from ArsTechnica.com. Apple overhauls built-in Mac anti-malware you probably don't even know about. And, oh, and it's true. I didn't know about that. I, I, I'm, I'm fully aware that Mac OS doesn't need antivirus because it's just there are no viruses for it. And even if there were, yeah. it's so secure, you can't hurt it. So uh, this is just a bogus article. That's what that guy from Dodgeball yeah. told me on those that's commercials. Right. If you can dodge that's a right. wrench, you can dodge a ball? Yeah. Uh, no, they the five dodges. Ds of Dodgeball. Dodge. <laughs> Dip, dive, and dodge. dodge and du- yeah. Dodge again. Or dodge, duck, it, like dip, dodge dive, twice. and dodge. Yeah. yeah. Dive, duck. Yeah. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Before he was killed by two tons of irony. What was the name? Patches. Patches of Hulahan. Hulahan, yes. Killed by the luck of the Irish sign. Classic. Classic. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't know there was, uh, you know, something. I mean, Windows Defender is in your face. It, it, it pops up, lets right. you know about things a lot of the times. Is this just happening in the background and yeah, you know, hiding it, things, not even telling me? It shows the the two different companies' different goals, right? Microsoft wants you to know that you're safe, you're secure, and that they're doing something about it. So Windows Defender and the, the Windows Security Center are in your Apple face. Apple wants to deceive you. Apple <laughs> wants you to just feel safe and not have to worry about security. And so yeah, they, that's it. <laughs> they, they try and take it out of your hands where, you know, the, the definition updates and things that all happens automatically in the background. You can't turn it off. It just runs and does its thing. When a new exploit comes out, they write a fix for it and they push it out through the normal update system. So it's just all very kind of, I, I want to call it secretive, but it's not like they're trying to hide it. <laughs> that's they're a just, good word. But is it because they don't want people to turn it off? Yeah. Uh, you, well, you can't turn it off. Even even if you know about it, you can't turn it okay. off. Uh, they just they want people to just not love, worry about love that stuff. Big Brother and know that he has your best interest at heart. So you know, but it does have a name. It is called XProtect, and for most people, you never have to interact with it. But there's a lot of features in macOS that deal with it. So See if I uh, this. you know, X-Protect. features like Gatekeeper, the built-in macOS firewall, those things. That, that's all part of XProtect. Uh, and so you know, for most of us, we just ignore it. That's it. But 
Apple has really been ratcheting up the security in the last few months over the last uh, uh, researcher found over the last six months that many new features have been starting to get rolled into it so that it can do a lot more than it used to. Uh, it's more aggressive in doing its patching. It's more aggressive in blocking certain actions that apps can take. So it's neat to see it. And when you hear people say like, I don't need antivirus on my Mac. Well, they're not entirely wrong, right? So they, they because they, they already have it. Because yeah, they already have it. Right? Antivirus. Yeah. But if you are an IT administrator out there and you're responsible for supporting a network full of Macs, let me tell you the problem with XProtect. It has zero centralized reporting, right? So if you ever have to go through like a, an ISO 27001 audit or a SOC 2 attestation or something like that, an auditor is going to say, okay, if a computer gets a virus, how do you know about it? Well, if you're relying on XProtect, you don't know about it, hmm. right? A computer could have a virus. XProtect could block it, you know, uh, mediate it, whatever, remediate it, and, and you wouldn't know about it. So you would have no way to know if a machine was infected or even isolated. And, and that seems wrong. Like, so a lot of the value from your antivirus system is not only that it, it blocked it, but it, it informed you that something had occurred. And now you can you can start looking at what was going on when that happened. You start figuring out what did we do that allowed for this to occur? And we can fix that. We can make a different process. We can use a different program. We can do all sorts of stuff. But if I don't know anything's happening, it's just kind of silently deleting baddies. See, I, I, I my continue in my stupidity and doing ignorant, ignorant things that are, are, are making my device at more risk. Mm -hmm. I, I think they're, they're uh, doing an approach that is tried and tested, uh, as we can see in the Kingsman movies, uh, <laughs> where they have all the headlines on the walls of all the, the, the ridiculous things that happened on days where they thwarted uh, attacks against the government uh, and those weren't in the news. No one knew about yeah. them and they're taking the same approach. They're and, the and silent professionals. So. Yeah. <laughs> silent but yeah. deadly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, wait, that's no. That's a uh, thing. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's a different thing. <laughs> so if I wanted to, if I, yeah, you know, was a was a, uh, a security researcher or, you know, someone that just knew more about computers, could I get into the log and, and see what my system has, uh, has stopped? Some of it can be exposed. You have to dig deep. Okay. Uh, you know, in the macOS console app, you can pull up some of the log files and see it there, uh, but it's still not centralized logging. There's so not like yeah. a, a nice GUI. Could that you, like, uh, use, like... Um, Oh jeez, sys um, what's the dang thing that that Linux does? Uh, oh, like syslog. Syslog. Right, thank journal. you. Yeah, it was like yeah. my mind uh, was so going on, there. So on Mac OS, if you pull up, if you just pull up the console app, it's, yeah, it's called console. Yeah, uh, it shows effectively the syslog gotcha. on Mac OS. Gotcha. Yeah, you can see that. Uh, but you know, my personal recommendation is it's still worth it to get third party right. anti malware, antivirus. So like on, on our back in our day job, we use Sophos Intercept X because uh, XDR and all that other stuff. So it does that centralized reporting for us. And I, I don't get paid a commission. It's just, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying that's what we do use. Um, so, uh, you know, just having that reporting is a big piece of it. But also, if a machine is infected, you can isolate that machine. Now, you say you can't turn it off. Does that mean like... Normally, you shouldn't be able to turn it off, but if you dug into like a terminal or whatever and suited some commands, you could actually disable it? Uh, so... 
I, I can't remember the name of it offhand, but like in, in Windows, you have the system integrity protection. Yeah. And so if you want to mess around with any of that backend stuff, you have yeah. to disable that. And then your system displays a warning every time you boot and all that. Yeah, yeah. That's how Mac OS is. Gotcha. So you have to take it out of its protected mode. And so it's a it's a freaking it's nightmare kind of if you do that. Yeah. yeah. You would not want to do that. Okay. Well, if I recall from a few months ago, um, isn't there now Windows Defender for Mac? Uh, there is, yeah. So I should go ahead and toss that on here on top. Well, it, it's still kind of in beta, and it does not have centralized reporting yet either. So Whereas yeah, a Sophos does. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to know if, if I accidentally open a Chromium-based browser yeah, and you or can... Teams, <laughs> I, want to, I want them to let yeah. me know that, hey, whoa, uh, you've done it now. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got— We've uh, recognized this is a Microsoft product. <laughs> yeah. No. And <laughs> even though we are a Microsoft product yeah. as well. well, uh, Leave that part out. <laughs> we've got a couple of crazy articles, uh, kind of the the odd and, and unbelievable from this week uh, to get to. But we're going to take a quick break first and come back and cover those right after this on TechNado with Don Pizzette. Welcome to IT Pro TV, an e-learning company with thousands of hours of engaging video training for IT professionals with fresh content added daily. What makes IT Pro TV stand out? It all starts with our edutainers who create better than classroom experiences for training you look forward to watching. So an edutainer is someone who takes a topic, an, an educational topic, and makes it more fun, enjoyable. My vision for IT Pro TV was to make the product that I wish I had when I got started. The dashboard is great because you can actually pick up right where you left off. You can also end up seeing new courses that are available to you, and with a membership, you have access to a variety of study tools. Follow along with virtual labs and test your skills with practice tests. And unlike traditional training, you aren't handcuffed to your desk. Sure, you can watch from there or from your couch with Apple TV and Roku apps, or from anywhere with mobile apps. The training is even available for download. If you're ready to watch and learn with the IT pros, check out the flexible membership choices online today at www.itpro.tv. Do you know what's better than being an IT Pro TV member? Being a member for free. Hi, I'm Dom Pazette, co-founder and edutainer here at IT Pro TV. Once you sign up for an IT Pro TV personal membership subscription, you'll automatically be part of our referral program. Then all you have to do is share your personal referral link and code with your friends and colleagues. Every time one signs up, you get money off your subscription. Sign up enough and your membership is free. That's right, access to all your favorite IT training, totally free. Kind of feels like stealing, doesn't it? Check out the link below to learn how to get your code and start sharing today. All right, welcome back to TechNado with Don Pazette. And as promised, uh, we are on the the weirder and wilder side for these last couple of articles. Put your pants back on. I know, right? Well, I got to go, you know, get in the mood here. Uh, for our, those of you not watching, good night. Our, <laughs> our first article is part of our dough segment. Got a couple of comments about uh, the socks last week on, on YouTube. You did. Another yeah, nice. woman went to the same sock store. Uh, other people were really excited to see my thigh highs. Um, as they should. As people they should. So next Fishnets, week, right? That's what you got? Fishnets? Yeah, next week I'll go yeah. with the miniskirt and really, really show them <laughs> off. Uh, well, this one comes to us from Tom'sHardware.com. Dell's XPS 13 Plus has an adhesive problem. The screen may fall off, <laughs> which is... Disappointing. That seems like it would think. be an issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, computers get hot, and I know that heat is not great with with adhesive. So, I mean, is that what's happening here? We just we just picked the wrong bottle of glue. 
no, in this case, it's just crappy adhesive. Uh, hmm. You know, on modern laptops, there is next to no. They were bevel. using Elmers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like we're out of the, the real. Yeah. Just grab some. Do Elmers. I go with the white or that like honey-looking yeah. pasty? The thing? clear one. <laughs> yeah, what was the, that? The delicious one. <laughs> You know, in, in the in the olden days, laptops had huge bezels. And if you ever took them apart, you'd take that plastic bezel off and there were yeah. screws that would hold the screen on. Mm-hmm. But now we don't have a bezel anymore. And so yeah. there's not enough room for them to you know screw in like they used to. And so it it's it's glued on there. If you've done any work inside of a display recently, you know that you gotta use a heat gun or whatever to remove the display to melt that adhesive. Well, there was a manufacturer's defect with the adhesive that Dell was using in their XPS thirteen. So if you bought a Dell XPS 13 within the last 12 months or so, you know, it has to be recent, uh, that you may actually have this defective adhesive. And basically, it it just starts to uh, get too weak to hold the screen on, and the screen can literally fall off. And it's specific to the OLED, uh, not the LCD models. Um, so yeah. I don't know if that relates to the weight of the screen or the, the heat that that... that screen produces versus the LCD, but... May well be. Yeah. I will say it's a sweet-looking machine, though, Don. It, it certainly is. Yeah, I mean, it, it had me at the yeah. sticker. And yeah. you can hide things, then, behind the, <laughs> yeah, the display. Like, pocket. Yeah. Now, allegedly, Dell knows exactly who purchased these units that are affected. Like, they, they've got it down to the manufacturing mm-hmm. batch that's affected. And so they are actively reaching out to the people that, that have it. But if, if you have, like, a company-issued machine or it's not registered to your name, it's registered to somebody else, then you might not get that notification. So, you know, just examine your screen while it's still under warranty. You yeah. want to get it fixed while it's under warranty because uh, they, you know, charge exorbitant prices later on. Uh, but it's just a weird one. It's something we don't think about. Like, I every day I grab my laptop and I don't think about, oh, by the, the screen, screen going to fall right? off. You yeah. grab it by the oh, screen? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I like to twist it, you know. <laughs> yeah, you test it, right? Uh, yeah, so everyone involved will be uh, sent a new bottle of glue. Yeah. Um, that they can just, you just squeeze it around the edge. That's right. No, it turns out it's more like a postage stamp. You just need to lick it and ah, then pop it right back ah, in. That's good to know. Now, do you unplug it first? Or <laughs> no, I mean, no, make no, sure no. the battery is fully... Like living life on the edge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like licking a 9-volt battery. It's yeah. just, that's just fun. I have never been one of those people. I could not, I've done it, you know, like, yeah. and you're like, hell no, I ain't doing that anymore. I'll, I'll get a tester. <laughs> it's not like they're seven thousand dollars for a battery tester. I did it once. I've been chasing the dragon ever since then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, eventually you just don't get the same effect. You got to switch to the bottom of your tongue. Yeah, you got to switch to those, those big flashlight batteries. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw an article one time that talked about those batteries. That if you on some on some of them, if you pop the top off of them, yeah, it's a bunch of AAA batteries Shut wired up. together. Can't you not? That's that's yeah. not fair. I was like, you can get like thirty-two AAA batteries for the price of one of these, oh, which is like that's cheap. super cheap. Yeah. But then the problem is, you get the one that you open up and it's just like, or yeah. of ass. You got to know. Which model does that, right? <laughs> you got to squeeze your like, yeah. in the store, like, yeah. shaking the. Does this got like acid in it? <laughs> you uh, know, flashlights are a whole like just business that was uh, uh, completely oh, yeah. revolutionized by LEDs. Oh right? yeah, like remember uh, back in the '90s having a mag light, right? The oh yeah, big it was the metal big deal with four D batteries in it. Yeah. Now you have these tiny little pen lights. With, with a, like a thousand lumens, yeah, yeah, and uh, like I, I, I so, haven't seen anybody with a mag light. Uh, okay, so I'm a little into like EDC stuff, everyday carry, right? Okay. And flashlights are like a big deal, and you can buy flashlights that you can burn paper with. Wow, right? <laughs> it's like a lightsaber fit in your <laughs> pocket. I kid you not, dude. Yeah. You go outside and you'll see some of these like demos and stuff in the p- pitch at night, and it is like daytime when you turn wow. these things on. It fits in your pocket. <laughs> Yeah, super cool technology now do with you, flashlights. Do you actively carry a flashlight? 
Uh, I normally do. I, I, yeah, I have one on me right now. I don't oh, have my. Right. Let's uh, see. It. <laughs> show it. Prove it. Show it to the camera. Let's, uh, let's mess up the. Uh, that's, a, that's a hundred lumens. All right, let's shine it right in the camera. Can right. you shine it right oh, yeah. in the camera? Turn it on here. Just mess with them. Hey, look at that. Yeah, yeah it's right? pretty bright. It's quite bright. It's yeah, like it's quite here. bright. Right. And it's just, you know, a little bit smaller than. Yeah, it's my probably like two knuckles on battery. Finger. Somebody's going to email us. So what? What brand is that? So this is Olight, which is one of the more popular brands. Uh, they make some high quality so stuff. It's all aircraft. The cool thing about mag lights is that was a protective item as well yeah. to have in your car. You could smack somebody with it. You come yeah. at me with that. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> with that little guy. I mean, I get you on the tooth or something. That's true. No, that would that would chip a tooth. Now, uh, have you ever been to the Glock subreddit? I have not. Uh, if you if you ever do, go uh, there. Apparently, I'm going today. And search for Olight. Uh, okay. Because on there, they describe Olight as uh, pocket flashlight slash grenade, because apparently a couple of them exploded. Yeah, some of them. I mean, you're dealing with some, like, I, I've heard of people accidentally turning their flashlights on in their pocket and it burning their skin, right? <laughs> oh, because, Lord. yeah, That's you got to be really flashlight. careful with the ones you buy. I mean, I, I turn on my cell phone flashlight in my pocket all the time accidentally. Yeah. It's never, it's never yeah, injured no, me. Yeah, no. Just my battery. There you go. But if it, but that's another thing. We were talking about how calculators, uh, off the show, before we were yeah. talking about how calculators are with you all the time now. I mean, you've got a flashlight now at all times. So yeah. Usually, that's yeah. probably killed a lot of the the flashlight. I mean, the flashlights now have so to So those say, flashlights go are, are kind of weak, yeah. I yeah. mean, they do the job for simple stuff. That's the thing for my power went out of the house. Or, right. You know, I can yeah, I just need to get it. over here, yeah, real quick. But if you need a flashlight that's going to throw a beam for, like, if you're out working on a car, you don't want to use your phone yeah, for that. You're you know? hunting for intruders, yeah. sure. Right. Yeah, sorry to you know, no, we, derail the whole podcast, have, but, it, but it's, it's interesting to see uh, an entire technology market just change revolutionize like and, and, and people don't even notice and of course now they're rechargeable like you can get rechargeable flashlights yeah. you do USB-C yeah, and bada bang right and they use lithium-ion batteries they last for forever <laughs> and you can do these crazy turbocharged lumens on them get like 14,000 lumens well speaking of changing and <laughs> revolutionizing the industry oh, our gosh. next article here is part of our segment that makes no sense all right, this one comes to us from TheVerge.com. Next-gen USB promises to be twice as fast, but using the same cables that you already own. So USB 4 version 2 promises 80 gigabit per second speeds, which these are cables that are currently rated to 40. So yes. were they just going to like turn up the hose and just push some more through and hope it works? Well, I, I think this might actually be one case where The Verge is a little bit wrong on this. This what? is still emerging information, so we'll have to see. Um, but USB is continuing to be one of the most confusing standards that's out there. Uh, most of us have USB 3 on our systems, maybe USB 3.2. It's using a USB-C connector, which is easy to confuse with Thunderbolt 4, but most of us do not have USB 4 yet. Okay. USB 4 version 2 is in development, so this is all still at the standards level, so it, it's not like you can't go out and buy a USB 4 version 2 device right now. Why wouldn't that just be uh, USB version 5? Why wouldn't it? Uh, it's a good question, because it's that would be easier to understand. Okay. Now, the the gold standard of confusing naming convention <laughs> is Apple's iPad. If yes. you own an Apple iPad and you know what model it is, oh you are gosh. a rare individual, right? 
it's so freaking confusing. Well, USB, it's like a competition. Mm. <laughs> they want to be as confusing as you can. If you give somebody a, a laptop and it's got a USB-C connector on the side, you have no idea what that port is capable it's of. USB-C Air. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> With a retina it, display. Is it is it able to do 10 gigabit? Is it able to do 40 gigabit? Is it 3.0? Looking or? forward to when they come out with USB tooth. That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you find... Can you, like, go into your, your system settings and see... Uh, so those? maybe if you find, like, the controller chip model and go and look that up. So you really have to go to your vendor specifications. Okay. It's it's a nightmare. And they don't have good, like, visual symbols tied to it. And it's just a mess. And I thought they were going to get better. When, when they said, hey, USB 4 is coming out, it's just going to be USB 4. Right? And that's it. So when, when you see a USB 4 port, mm -hmm. you know that it will support... Display link, you know that it will support up to X amount of, of monitors and, and so on. Like you, you'll know what it's capable of. And they were sticking with that. Well, now we've got USB 4 version 2, and <sighs> it uses the same cables as regular USB 4, which is nice. It can push 40 gigabit, right? Uh, which is, is pretty slick. But it can push up to 80 gigabit in certain situations. Now, here's here's where things get tricky. Is they're saying you can use the same cables, but those cables right now aren't even at, at 40 gigabit. There's these, well, hang on, let me clarify. So there are, you're capable of pushing up to 40 gigabit over a standard USB Type-C passive cable. But in the standards announcement, they mentioned that you can do up to 80 gigabit on a USB Type-C active cable. It's a now, different thing. An active cable <laughs> is a different thing. So what I think is going on here is that you it takes do, walks, you know, yeah. and yeah. make sure it's it got a part of a bunch of clubs. That right? you can do 40 gigabit over the same cables from USB 4 regular, but if you want 80 gigabit, you're going to go to an active cable. So I believe there will be new cables involved, and they haven't revealed what the logo is going to be. Nice. So, you know, it, it, it's like a Thunderbolt on the, the Thunderbolt one, or Lightning or whatever. Uh, but with USB, you had the the weird little fork kind of icon, and then they did the SS for super speed. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. they went with the SS symbol last yeah. time, so probably just a swastika this yeah, time. Yeah, just <laughs> go all out. Come right out. We've got the lightning bolt. I don't understand. Little skull cross yeah. Yeah. Like, they need a higher This is Godwin's law in, yeah. in practice right now. Yeah. So the Iron Cross will be on all yeah, of the yeah. ones <laughs> that we need to worry about now. That's good I, to know. I, I have to imagine it's just a bunch of engineers. Yeah. And, and they've shunned PR firms. They've shunned <laughs> yes. focus groups. Like, nope, we're just going to be engineers. Engineers. They're reading Mein Kampf every day for some strange reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> On their compound. That's nice. Yeah, I thought you were going to have to tape two of these uh, old cables together to still use the same cables and get yeah. double the speed, yeah. but apparently not. I just, I have a hard time even thinking of a way they could make it more confusing. Uh, <laughs> it's frustrating. That yeah. you saw 256 for the next... <laughs> They'll, they'll figure it out. Well, that, that's uh, that's good to know that, that faster speeds are coming. Um, it's... Uh, horrible to not know if you have that or if what and, my cables can do and, now. But and we are seeing a pattern of where Thunderbolt will come out with a new version that'll have a higher speed, and then just a year or two later, USB will bump up to that speed. Hmm. So if you're one of those people that is like Thunderbolt resistant, because Thunderbolt's usually more expensive, yeah. you just have to wait a year or two, and USB will catch up. So that, that is a nice kind of competition that we're seeing. Gotcha. Competition gotcha. is good for yeah. the consumer. 
You know what else is good for the consumer? What's that, Peter? Our upcoming webinar. You're right. All Things <laughs> Cybersecurity with Daniel Sounds Lowry good. and John Strand. Uh, I've heard of him. Yeah? Uh, John, Daniel Lowry or John Strand? No, John Strand. Oh, okay. oh the other guy. Yeah, that's you. Uh, it is Thursday, September 15th at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, that'll be a great one because uh, it'll be run by you, the viewer, who uh, just asked your question. So we're going to be doing questions for, for a good hour there um, at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Head over to itpro.tv slash webinars. You can register for that one. You can also uh, see all the past ones, like several of the other all things cybersecurities that we've done. Uh, we just did one last week about what you've been missing in Azure, and I, I was missing all of it. I didn't know what any of it was. Um, but, you know, that's because I don't really go into the, the Azures uh, too much. <laughs> oh, I didn't put the uh, the webinar. Yeah, that's the link you go to. I like how you described our webinar as like one of those dark web rooms or, you know, people are have a cam and will do whatever people tell mm -hmm. them to do. Yeah, yeah. You, it's not if, like that. If you tip Daniel enough. <laughs> 20 bucks is 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, fantastic. And also... Let's go to Super Chats. <laughs> Want to let you know when you're done with that, head over to technado.com or technado, and you can see all the latest episodes. You can check out some swag. You can send in some viewer mail. Let us know, I don't know, if your screen fell off your computer or what uh, what anti-malware you use or uh, I don't know. What else What else do we talk about? Uh, how, how fast your Thunderbolt cables are? Just let us know. We really yeah. want to know. Or your mama jokes about Don. Um, or, you know, the, the stroke that Don should learn first. Yeah. We, uh, we <laughs> actually did get a, a reader email asking about oh. if we could talk a little bit more about Apple's passkeys. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wanted to hold on to that for next week because we'll have more Apple announcements. So we just kind of roll it all together. But, yeah, anytime there's a, a topic you want to hear more about, just reach out to us. Perfect. We'll definitely do that. Uh, and you can also click the big orange button in the corner on that site that says sponsored by IT Pro TV, and you can get a 30% off coupon code for your personal membership. And you can also request a team trial. So if you're part of a group uh, and want to find out the great features that let you work together in IT Pro TV, uh, then you can click on that as well, and uh, and we'll get that information out to you. So yeah, technado.com and, uh, and check that out. All right, guys. Well, I, as I mentioned, I'll be out next week. I'll be at uh, DattoCon, um, the the uh, MSP event that's up in D.C., which is nice because they, they they had to skip last year because COVID because I was in in Seattle. But uh, so it's been it's been since uh, since San Diego back in 2019 that we'll be getting back to DattoCon. If you're going to be there, Ronnie Wong will be there with us, so you can you can meet him. Cool. Um, yeah. If you, if you want, you know, if, if that's what you're into. Um, I'm not familiar with him. Ronnie Wong? Yeah. yeah. It's like John Strand, but uh, <laughs> shorter with a cooler beard. He does have a cool beard. Yeah. One of the Even though I've never heard of him. Best in the industry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, guys. We'll we'll get someone in here good to to fill this seat. Um, or actually, not too good. Not any, too good. Any random homeless person will do. Yeah. yeah that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Just something that, that doesn't exceed expectations too much. All right. Well, thank you all for watching, and we'll see you next week right here on TechNet with Don Pizzette. Thank you.